Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us. Well, we're having some interesting times on this farm bill. It's really playing out political theaters, I like to call it. And we're going to have a complete look at the farm bill today and what's going on in the House. We're going to be talking with the vice chairman of the House Agriculture Committee, Congressman Glenn Thompson from Pennsylvania, Kendall Frazier, CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. We'll talk farm bill with him, as well as uh, some action in the Appropriations uh, Committee concerning uh, jurisdiction over what's being called fake meat. We'll talk about that. And more on the farm bill from USDA Deputy Secretary Steve Sinsky, all coming up on today's program. But right now, to kind of set the stage for us, is Jerry Hagstrom from the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, thanks for joining us uh, yesterday. An interesting day as they made their way through the amendment process. Uh, Give us an update. Well, last night, the House Rules Committee ruled uh, not to put many amendments in order that had much meaning. Uh, There will be a sugar amendment, but nothing meaningful on crop insurance or on payment limits. This is really a shocker to everybody because we were expecting major debates on these issues. But for those that were concerned about the major changes in crop insurance, this would seem to be a sigh of relief. They avoided those uh, uh, poison pill amendments that some were worried about. That is true. They ha- they have avoided those. They have avoided those amendments. Uh, but the Republicans are also now in a position in which they can be criticized for not allowing a full debate. Uh, in the past, uh, when both Republicans and Democrats have been in charge. Of the bill. There have been these amendments, and the crop insurance advocates and the farmers beat them back. But uh, this year, they won't even be—they uh, won't even be allowed. And uh, but the sugar amendment will be a kind of watered-down one. And uh, how, and uh, Politico is reporting that House Agriculture Chairman Conaway is saying if that amendment passes, he's going to rally members to vote against his own bill. Hmm. Right now, do you think, do they think they have enough votes to pass this farm bill? Uh, I don't know. I just got off the phone with Heritage Action, and they have not taken a position yet. Heritage and other conservatives love the work requirements for the uh, food stamp beneficiaries. Uh, but they hate the lack of uh, reforms to agriculture. So I think they're really torn about this, uh, about this issue. Uh, I, don't know whether I don't know whether they've got the vote. Uh, you know, we should know more later today when we see how the sugar amendment goes. They're going, con- starting at noon Washington time, Congress is going to be uh, debating amendments. But their last votes are supposed to be by 6 6.45 this evening, uh, and then a vote on final passage is supposed to be tomorrow. So this should all go rather fast, if indeed it goes. There were some emotional uh, remarks made yesterday on the House floor concerning this bill, especially those opposing uh, the bill. Uh, yes, there were. Uh, they were a repeat of the emotional remarks that were made when the, when the House Agriculture Committee took up the bill, 
Uh, basically, uh, all the comments from Republicans about wanting to make sure that, that men go to work uh, are interpreted by some black uh, leaders as racist. Um, and, you know, some of them have been pointing out that uh, blacks have been working hard in this country since the days of slavery when they were paid nothing. So the emotions are very strong. Uh, and on the, you know, on the Republican side, uh, they believe that, that uh, uh, people should go to work, especially because the unemployment rate is so low. And we've had more uh, strong comments uh, from Ranking Member Peterson about his um, concerns and dislike of this uh, of this bill. Yes, and and his concerns now are not just about the food stamp; they're also about agricultural policy. And I believe that the uncertainty regarding trade and and say international sales are leading to this. Uh, because people are less and less certain that the agricultural provisions are enough if low commodity prices continue or at least the volatility continues. So uh, the National Farmers Union has just put out an alert to its members to tell people not to vote for it. Now, Farmers Union is Democratic-leaning, and the Democrats already aren't voting for it, so I'm not sure how much impact that has. Uh, but it is, a, it is an important farm group saying no on this bill. Jerry, I find all this interesting. I, I understand people's feelings, and they want to make their feelings known and take a position. But a lot of this debate over things that are very, very unlikely to ever be in the final bill anyway. Well, yes, and that's one of the points that Heritage made, that uh, the work requirements probably won't be in the final bill, and so therefore they're raising the question of whether conservatives should vote for this since it, they would might end up just making a point, and that they, you know, it won't be in the final final legislation. Uh, but to a degree, the Republicans just do want to make a point about this. And as a heritage analyst said, they'd like to give President Trump a victory since he favors the work requirement. Yeah, certainly a lot of political posturing going on here. Meanwhile, while this is going on, you also had yesterday Administrator EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt on the hot seat again, facing some uh, tough questioning before Congress. Uh, yes, and uh, Senator Grassley is saying that if Pruitt doesn't uh, sort of clear up the positions on ethanol and E15 and these RINs and all of that, he's going to, he is now going to call for uh, it to resign. So that's the other story going on. And yet another one, it looks like uh, this uh, deadline that we thought we had from Congress, from Paul Ryan and others on NAFTA, that's going to come and go. That doesn't mean they're not going to get something done, but, uh, wow, we're not hearing too much positive right now on the NAFTA negotiations. No, the, the NAFTA negotiations are, are really slow. Uh, and there's a lot of speculation that nothing would get done until next year. However, the uh, Trump administration is supposed to impose these uh, tariffs on Mexican steel and aluminum, also Canadian steel and aluminum, by June 1st, uh, if no agreement is reached on NAFTA. So there is a kind of deadline uh, there as well. Uh, it is a very messy situation in Washington right now. We've got a lot going on and all very, very important issues. Very good. Thanks a lot, Jerry. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? 
Okay, we should know tomorrow whether this bill is going to pass the House or not. Okay, very good. We'll, we'll be watching. Thank you very much. Thank you. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. So a lot going on right now, and we're going to do our best to keep you up to date. And, again, it looks like uh, tomorrow will be the vote So on the Farm Bill. So we will watch that closely. We'll have more information for you coming up tomorrow. Uh, they, you know, they like to get out of town in Washington on uh, on Fridays as early as they can. So we'll see if they can get it all wrapped up tomorrow morning or not. But a lot of uh, big issues to be decided. We'll see how the rest of the amendment process goes today. We'll talk more about it with the vice chair of the House Ag Committee, Congressman Glenn Thompson from Pennsylvania. That's coming up next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive a free DVD and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,000 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-991-5852 for your free DVD and brochure. That's 800-991-5852. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-991-5852 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. 
Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We continue our coverage of the Farm Bill process in the House. And we're going to talk now with the Vice Chair of the House Ag Committee, Congressman Glenn Thompson from Pennsylvania. Congressman, thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, Mike. Thank you for the opportunity. I want to get your thoughts on how what happened yesterday with the amendment process that continues on into today. But some of the comments made by some Democrats, uh, uh, Sherry Bustos from Illinois called the legislation a harm bill. Ranking member Peterson uh, said breaking up the traditional bipartisan coalition was a huge mistake and does not bode well for farm and food legislation to come. And David Scott from Georgia delivered a very emotional speech and he called the farm bill racist. What's your reaction to those comments? Well, uh, very, very disappointed with their actions and their words. Uh, it's uh, they've they clearly just switched into election year politics, and I've never seen that before with members of the Agriculture uh, Committee. Uh, this uh, and, and just to prove the point, you know, uh, uh, we you know, when we mark this up on the on the in the in the Agriculture Committee, you know, the Democrats offered no amendments. If they had concerns, that's where you fix, um, that's where you make the fixes, that's where we do the refinement. And, uh, and quite frankly, no, none of those members uh, have offered any amendments on the House floor. It's like they've walked away from the process. Uh, this is actually a very good farm bill. Uh, this was put together in the most transparent uh, uh, process that I've seen. Now, I was here for the last Farm Bill in 2014, which was good, but but the number of hearings, the number of witnesses, the bipartisan support, um, and quite frankly, my Democratic friends, and they are my friends, we, we, we usually work together very well in agriculture, so I don't see this level of partisanship before. You know, they, they submitted uh, their top four priorities for each title in the Farm Bill, including the nutrition title, and and everything was incorporated into this farm bill. All right, let's look at two key areas, and then we'll get to nutrition. Let's start with crop insurance. Do you feel you've protected crop insurance? Yes, crop insurance is incredibly important as a risk management tool. I don't think there's an industry more weather sensitive than than agriculture, and there's few industries. As, as important to national security as food security, and so uh, we do have some amendments that uh, you know that have been offered. Uh, that uh, I think it's going to be important to uh, defeat those. Uh, we we need our farmers need to have those risk management tools to to deal with weather, which is unpredictable and and at times unforgiving. But you think you can defeat those amendments? I'm certainly hopeful. Hope so. That's uh, that's that's the goal. I'm optimistic that we will. Yes. Okay, that's the key to watch today. And what 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 about the sugar program? What do you th- see happening there? Well, the sugar program, um, the uh, you know it, what's been introduced is would be very harmful. It's it's really picking a fight uh, between farm commodities. Um, uh, it's unfortunate uh, that uh, uh, that this uh, you know that we're going to have to deal with this amendment, but we will. It's a transparent process. Um, I'm uh, I'm optimistic that we will actually get support uh, from uh, you know some of our members, uh, Democratic members, uh, who are, who are in states that uh, where you know sugar, whether it's sweet 
beets or cane uh, sugar uh, is an important farm commodity, an important part of their, um, you know, of their economy. And so I, uh, I, I, I really do believe that we will have that uh, that amendment uh, today on the floor. Uh, we just did nine amendments last night, but the uh, bulk of them will be dealt with today. And um, and I, I think that uh, that amendment to the sugar policy will be defeated. We are talking with Pennsylvania Congressman Glenn Thompson. He's vice chair of the House Agriculture Committee. All right, uh, Congressman, um, do you think, and you have to wait, of course, for the amendment process to play out, but from what you're hearing and talking with people, will you have enough votes to pass this farm bill? I certainly hope so. Our, our farmers and farm families are absolutely depending on this. The reason that we're being proactive the reason, Mike, that I'm not on the phone uh, with you right now and we're six months, nine months, 12 months past the expiration of the Farm Bill, which was standard operating procedure in the past, unfortunately, uh, is because of the dire circumstances of the rural economy and specifically the farm income being down by 50% over a significant number of years. Uh, we, we need to restore some certainty into the rural economy. Um, every American should be concerned about this because without a robust rural economy, and agriculture industry, you know, people in all over America, including uh, backcountry lanes and, and very large cities, will wake up in the cold, dark, and hungry uh, because of what agriculture provides for, for every citizen in this country. We've heard reports of possible trades, deal-making going on uh, to get votes for the Farm Bill, uh, some things being done uh, to support uh, immigration. Uh, is that going on right now, those kind of talks? There's no rule. Unfortunately, there's no jurisdiction that allows us within the Farm Bill to deal with the immigration issue. Actually, I think if they would give that issue, if, if, uh, if Washington would turn over the uh, immigration issue to the Agriculture Committee, we could probably fix that. Uh, but that is not where it is. And so although there are obviously discussions on immigration, and it's a very important issue. It's, uh, when it comes to uh, immigration, my, you know, my, my two top priorities are, number one, obviously, is uh, a, um, a reliable workforce uh, for agriculture, uh, for our farmers and ranchers, um, and obviously our national security. Uh, it, to me, it comes down to the, the only two reasons for a nation's immigration policy are national, uh, uh, nas- uh, national security and, and, the, na- and, uh, and the national economy. And so that's why we need to be we, we need to be finding uh, a fix here on uh, uh, surrounding immigration, and specifically to make sure that we we have the workforce that we need to be able to uh, you know, to operate our farms and, and and ranches. We've heard that the White House supports this farm bill. Uh, there are some conservative groups still looking at it. Uh, what about the Freedom Caucus? Do you have their support? Well, I think the Freedom Caucus is very interested in uh, the provisions that I have put into the nutrition uh, title uh, as chair of the nutrition subcommittee, you know, that, that really deals with uh, helping uh, our neighbors who are experiencing difficult financial distress in their lives, whether it's long-term, whether it's short-term because of unemployment or underemployment. It, it gets them access to, to uh, effective skills-based education uh, for folks who are, are work-capable. And um, that kind of workforce development, um, some people refer to it as welfare to work, but this is really not focused on the welfare programs. This is about food insecurity. So it's really zeroed in on the, on, on the SNAP program. 
um, you know, I do think the, the members of the of the Freedom Caucus, I believe that fits with what they claim their their um, you know their uh, their mission, their their uh, their their vision, uh, what they claim their vision is. You know, if you're just sitting back and and observing from afar and listening to this debate on on the nutrition program, someone would have to say, is this the same? bill that everyone's looking at because on one side you hear about how this is going to help people and it, it's also a way to get people working on the other side we hear it's going to cause people to go hungry and that it's racist and that it's uh, you know it's uh, it's hurting the people in the most need and, and you kind of if you're just kind of from afar you look at it and say how could this be the same thing that both sides are looking at yeah, yeah, you're right, and that's why uh, people getting information on this farm bill is so important because uh, the other side, unfortunately, has flipped the switch. They've gone to election year politics. I mean, you think about this. We we actually help more people be eligible because we address the poverty cliffs, you know, that prevent somebody from receiving food insecurity support currently um, because they have a, a vehicle that's valued more than four thousand six hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, we we help those folks who uh, uh, that have uh, you know more than uh, $3,000 in savings uh, in and or five thousand dollars in assets to, to be to be able to be eligible because if they have five thousand one dollars they're no longer eligible. We fix all those things. Uh, we increase the really I think the quality of the food under SNAP uh, because of what we've done with uh, uh, providing incentives to retailers for having fresh fruits, vegetables, dairy. Uh, we provide permanent, or not permanent, but we provide uh, funding, um, uh, baseline funding for the FENI program, which encourages the, uh, accessing fresh foods. I mean, we, this just improves the quality of the foods and expands access. On our military, who uh, are people that join late in life and uh, they come with a spouse and kids, well, they frequently need SNAP support because on a private salary, it's difficult to support a family. And we, first time ever, we provide allowance towards offsetting the basic housing allowance that they get, which has disqualified so many military families from getting uh, food security support. So there's just so much positive things in here that we do, uh, you know, including a, we've gone from $15 million to $60 million for support mm-hmm. for food banks and food pantries. $20 million of that, we actually require the food banks and pantries to buy okay. directly from the farmers excess commodities. So it's good for farmers, right. too. All right, Congressman, we'll see what happens. Thank you very much for the update. All right, Mike. Take care. Thank you so much. Vice Chair of the House Ag Committee, Congressman Glenn Thompson on AOA. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over 5 million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, 
the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider. Vermont and New York Banking Departments. Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. It's time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. In the wheat futures on this Thursday, we are trending into positive territory. We've cooled off from the best levels of the overnight session where we saw double-digit advances in Kansas City wheat. Currently 6-7 to seven better in Kansas City, 4-5 to five higher in Chicago wheat an hour into the trading day. Minneapolis spring wheat trending 3-4 to four and a fraction higher. Fundamentally, the story remains the same with dryness a concern all season long in parts of the southern plains, trimming production potential for the hard red winter wheat crop. The latest headlines have been about hailstorms wiping out fields. In corn, we've got fractional changes. July corn reversed lower yesterday as the bulls were unable to defend the intraday rally to 404 and three quarters. On the downside, the 20-day moving average for support seen at 394 and a quarter. That's the swing low for May 14th. In soybean futures, we dragged everything lower yesterday with a defensive move, trying to stabilize on this Thursday, two to three and a fraction higher trade tensions hanging over the market yet yesterday according to the wire talk for livestock at the merck and live cattle futures we've had a mix in early activity the bears taking control of the market at midweek we've seen lower cash cattle sales in the central and southern plains on a live basis dress deals also lower than a week ago some six to seven dollars lower on a live basis in the south Live cattle June contract near unchanged at 101.85. Feeder cattle 15 to 40 cents lower. Lean hog futures 22 40 cents lower. The Dow is up 24 points. Nasdaq composite up two. S&P up three. Crude oil up 38 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. If you or your family love the freedom of swimming any time of year, if you love sharing good times and making great memories, or if you want one of the best total body workouts ever, then it's time to discover the three C's of your very own endless pool. The first C is convenience. Imagine swimming year-round in your own private swimming pool, installed indoors or out just steps away. The second C is comfort. With sculpted spa seats and your own adjustable temperature, you can easily escape the stress of your day. And the third C is cost. Your endless pool is an affordable luxury at a fraction of the cost of a regular pool. And here's a bonus C, choice. Because when you call for your free endless pool idea kit, you'll receive information on our full line of pools to suit your budget and location. Call now for your free information, 800-717-0734, 800-717-0734. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. So they'll continue the amendment process on the House floor today and then hopefully get to an actual vote on the bill itself uh, tomorrow. But they've got a long ways to go and some amendments to really watch, especially when it comes to sugar and crop insurance. Let's talk about Farm Bill now with the CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, Kendall Frazier. Kendall, thanks for joining us. What are your thoughts on this uh, debate going on in the House? 
Well, we're watching it very closely along with a lot of other agriculture groups, and this bill does uh, include some of our key priorities for producers, including the authorization and funding for a foot-and-mouth disease vaccine bank, uh, funding for Environmental Quality Incentives Program, or EQIP, and funding for trade promotion programs to help grow U.S. beef exports. Uh, there is one amendment that we're concerned about, and that involves uh, uh, a checkoff, so-called checkoff reform amendment, Mike. Uh, it's sponsored by Congressman Bratt and Blumenauer, and we're concerned about it because it basically has the potential to really impact uh, uh, research that is funded by checkoffs and land-grant universities and universities around the country. So we're watching that, and we're going to oppose that amendment. For, but from the, there are a lot of things in this farm bill that we like. Kendall, a couple of things there and what you just said, a reminder for us. One, these amendments are very important. You have to watch these closely. But two, some of the issues that some of the things in the bill that are important uh, that don't get a lot of a publicity or attention could be lost if the whole thing goes down over some other issue. Well, that's correct, and that would be un- unfortunate uh, because there are some good things in here that, you know, this FMD vaccine bank has been one of our policy priorities for several years and we believe that needs to get funded uh if we ever had a case of fmd come to the united states it would be armageddon in the livestock industry in the united states it would be a catastrophic event uh, so we need uh, to make sure that we've uh, we're secure against that happening so we're watching it very closely and working very hard up on capitol hill and as i mentioned this earlier um and I understand the importance of, of debating these right now when you have the opportunity, but the reality of the situation is even if this bill passes, it's not going to be the final bill. The Senate's going to take a, a different approach on a lot of issues. Well, that's what we've heard. Obviously, we have two distinct houses of Congress, and uh, they're writing their own distinct farm bill legislation. So, yes, this is a you know, uh, step along the way in a long process before this would be signed into law. We're talking with Kendall Frazier, CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Uh, something else that you're watching very closely, there's a lot of uh, appropriations hearings going on at this same time, maybe not getting as much attention as the Farm Bill, but certainly very important. And one you've been watching in particular when it comes to jurisdiction over what's being called fake meat. We are, and there was... Uh, Yesterday, the House uh, Ag Appropriations Committee met, and uh, they adopted some language that directs the Secretary of Agriculture to issue regulations for lab-grown fake meat products. And uh, that's very important to us that USDA is given jurisdiction over the labels and definitions of these products and not FDA. And I'll tell you why, Mike. Uh, FDA does not require pre-approval for product labels. And if you look back at the history of what's happened in the milk industry, you see a lot of uh, marketers out there now that are using milk uh, that's really not milk from dairy cows and promoting milk that's not really milk from dairy cows. And we've watched that, and we've gone back and looked at that, and uh, we believe uh, you know, that USDA requires that product labels are approved before they're used, and we believe that would protect the consumer and be in the best interest of consumer uh, against someone 
misrepresenting this, these fake meat products. And, you know, obviously we believe in consumer choices, and uh, we just want to make sure that we do things that are correct and that products are labeled correctly. And if it's, it's not beef from animals, uh, from beef animals, then it should not be labeled a beef product. So we're very yeah, supportive dairy- of what the, the uh, House Appropriations Committee has done. And I'm sure you're aware of some of the things that the, the dairy industry is working on, Mike. Yeah, they, and they've been fighting this battle for years and years, and we've seen uh, plant-based uh, products uh, really coming on strong in the marketplace, and you're trying to avoid that same thing happening, uh, the same confusion uh, uh, going on in the marketplace with meat now. That is correct, and we're trying to get this, uh, you know, lay down some markers right now. Uh, so, again, this is in the best interest of consumers, but we don't want to get to a place where uh, marketers uh, can misrepresent uh, beef products that are not, uh, you know, not really beef, uh, that they're plant-based products. We're talking with Kendall Frazier, CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Meanwhile, we have a lot going on on the trade front, or maybe not as much going on as we would like to see. It looks like uh, NAFTA talks are going to drag on. What are you seeing and hearing there? Well, we don't see a lot of progress, Mike. Uh, And, uh, you know, our message from day one on NAFTA has been do no harm. Uh, we have access to the Mexican and Canadian markets uh, without tariffs, and those markets each are worth about a billion dollars to U.S. cattlemen each. The Canadian market's worth a billion dollars. The Mexican market's worth a billion dollars. So they're very important export markets to the United States. And our message from day one has been do no harm. And if we're going to renegotiate this this uh, trade agreement, and that's what's going on right now. We just want to make sure that that beef does not get hurt in that process. So we're watching it very closely. A lot of uncertainty what's going to happen, and, uh, you know, we have these kind of these artificial deadlines and members of Congress saying we need it now, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen now. That doesn't mean it won't get done next week or next month. But uh, the longer it goes, the longer it kind of makes you wonder how they seem to have a lot yet to do after all these talks that they've had so far. Yeah, it's our understanding that um, most of the issues uh, have been resolved, except some issues around dairy in Canada and auto production. Those would be the two that uh, are are mostly uh, unresolved that uh, they're still working on. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Mike. We just had a, a meeting uh, last week with some of our officers met in Mexico with the Canadian cattlemen and the uh, Mexican cattlemen, representatives of their associations. And those two countries are significant beef producers, as you know, along with the United States. And, again, we reconfirmed with our partners in those countries that we don't want to do any harm to NAFTA, and that's what we've been communic- communicating to the governments in the three respective countries. Meanwhile, talks continue between the U.S. and China. Do you see any uh, hope for a breakthrough there? Well, uh, obviously, uh, both China and the U.S. have a different point of view on how to handle some trade issues. Um, uh, We're watching that very closely. Uh, We are not shipping a lot of product right now to China because of some of the restrictions on the use of technology. Uh, in the United States in beef production. 
but we believe long term that's a very important and grow will be a growing market for U.S. beef as as they get accustomed to uh, distributing, buying, selling, distributing uh, American beef products. So we're watching that very closely, um, and uh, we just want to make sure, and we have communicated this obviously with Congress and members of the administration, that in this process, uh, U.S. beef producers don't get hurt. Meanwhile, we're talking about beef producers being hurt. A lot have been hurt by drought and, and fires here so far in 2018. Well, it has been a tough year, Mike. We had a really tough winter uh, from a standpoint of dryness uh, throughout a big portion of our country, the central southern plains, the southwest, parts of California, just absolutely did not get any moisture uh, this winter. And that was after, uh, you know, some, some rain last summer. So we had a lot of fuel and forage in Oklahoma and parts of Kansas and had some big wildfires in that area of the country, uh, which was not good. Um, but we have seen some relief here in the last 30 days. We've seen some showers and rain come through some of those areas that have been hit hard by drought. We believe that uh, because of this weather and some of the things that are going on, that it's going to limit, um, um, you know, uh, expansion this year that we pretty much have ended expansion in the cow herd so we watch the weather very closely as you know mike uh to a cattleman uh, markets and weather are the two most important things they wake up thinking about every day so we watch it very closely and has a big impact on our industry yeah there's a lot of a lot of concerns out there a lot of need hay hay is a is a valuable crop this year a lot of people need it and uh that's it's a challenge for a lot of producers well, it is, and uh, they used a lot last winter, and, and uh, you know, just uh, for example, uh, uh, I know a lot of people in Oklahoma, and there's been a lot of hay shipped into Oklahoma where they've had those terrific wildfires, but if, you, if someone wants to go on the Oklahoma Cattlemen's Association website or Beef USA website, you can find uh, places to, uh, and contact information if you're interested in donating hay or if you're interested in helping those ranchers in, in the, that have been hit by those wildfires. We've had so last couple of years had some terrific wildfires in the in Montana and the Pacific Northwest too uh, because of drought. So you know this weather, Mike, is very unpredictable. We go through cycles in it, uh, and you know as you well know, it it really impacts uh, your ability to raise cattle. Kendall, good to talk with you again. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you, Mike, and you have a good day. Always a pleasure. Take care. Kendall Frazier, CEO of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. All right, one more segment to go in today's show. More on the Farm Bill from USDA standpoint. We're going to talk with Deputy Secretary Steve Sinsky. Uh, his thoughts on the debate going on in the House right now and what the USDA hopes will come from this. Stay with us on AOA Adams on Agriculture. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. 
You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. I'm here to tell you that your options for getting out of debt have never been better. How do I know? Because I'm Howard Dvorkin, the founder of Consolidated Credit. For nearly two decades, we've helped over five million people just like you. And every time we help someone, they all say the same thing. Why didn't I call sooner? If you owe too much money on your credit cards and you feel that you'll never be able to pay it off, don't wait. Simply pick up the phone and find out what our Freedom Quest program can do for you. Reducing your payments by up to 50% is just the beginning, but you have to take the first step. When credit card debt is the problem, we're the solution. Call Consolidated Credit now. As soon as you call, the hard part is over. Call Consolidated Credit now. 1-800-489-7204. 1-800-489-7204. That's 1-800-489-7204. 5701 Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Licensed debt management service provider, Vermont and New York Banking Departments, Maryland 49, Oregon DM80031. Around 3500 B.C., someone used basic tools and slabs of wood to invent the wheel. Genius. In 1879, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Genius. In 1899, a Norwegian with degrees in electronics, science, and mathematics invented the paperclip. Genius. There's genius, and then there's pure genius. At BASF, that's what drove us to develop Ingenia Herbicide, our most advanced dicamba formulation ever for dicamba-tolerant cotton and soybeans. It gives you a low-volatility solution at the lowest dicamba use rate ever offered providing an additional site of action to outsmart the toughest weeds, even the glyphosate-resistant ones. Grow smart with Ingenia Herbicide from BASF, a flexible solution that's pure genius. Talk to your representative today. Learn more at IngeniaHerbicide.com. BASF, we create chemistry. Ingenia Herbicide is a U.S. EPA-restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label directions. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I'd wake up with a sore neck or maybe a headache, or I'd feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. Well, when I invented my pillow, I wanted it so you could adjust the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not how much time we spend in bed. It's how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all my own manufacturing in my home state of Minnesota with a 10-year warranty and you can wash and dry my pillow and here's my best offer ever get four my pillows for the price of one that's right get four my pillows two premium pillows and two travel pillows for the price of one order my pillow at 800-871-7280 and use promo code farm 11 get four my pillows for the price of one call 800-871-7280 and use promo code farm 11 go to mypillow.com and at checkout use promo code farm 11 thousands of people contact invent help monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies 
companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 800-352-1402. That's 800-352-1402. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. We're proud of our new affiliates. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, so as the amendment process continues in the House on the Farm Bill, and again, kind of looking at possibly a vote on the bill itself tomorrow, uh, let's get some thoughts uh, on the uh, process and the bill from uh, USDA. Joining us now is Deputy Secretary Steve Sinski. Steve, good to talk with you again. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be with you, Mike. Great to talk with you. Okay, a lot of strong comments made both sides of this of this bill. Uh, we know the White House has come out in favor of it. Uh, Secretary Purdue has uh, spoken out in behalf of getting it passed. Uh, I'm assuming that doesn't mean you agree with everything that's in there, but just uh, the overall importance of getting this bill passed as part of the process towards a final bill. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. The president, uh, Mike, you're right, has said that we need a farm bill. Secretary Purdue and I and all of us uh, within agriculture recognize that we need a farm bill, and we need it because, as you and your listeners well know, the farm economy is down 50 percent over the last uh, uh, four years. We know that there's a lot of uncertainty and anxiety out there in farm country over uh, the lack of new trade agreements and what's going on on trade. Producers have been operating on slim margins, so we really do need the farm bill to provide certainty. And so, you know, the administration came out in uh, overall support of uh, the uh, of the farm bill that has been produced by the House Ag Committee, and we're ho- hoping that it can, uh, you know, uh, pass on the floor coming up here uh, with the votes uh, on amendments today and tomorrow and hopefully final passage tomorrow and then we're off to the Senate. How much input has USDA had into this farm bill process? Well, it's Congress that writes the farm bill always Uh, and we in the administration have been providing technical assistance throughout to the House Ag Committee as well as uh, now to the Senate Agriculture Committee as well uh, where we provide a lot of our experts analysis uh, language uh, help uh, on language and help them accomplish the things they want to do we came out from the Department of Agriculture and listed some uh, farm bill principles that listed some general areas, principles that we think that they should adhere to. And uh, we're pleased that uh, overall we think that they have done that. So much now is in this amendment process, and a couple of key ones today will be amendments on the sugar program and, uh, and on crop insurance. Yeah, there was going to be close votes, I think, is are anticipated on those amendments. And, again, you know, overall, we want the, 
that we're, we're hoping that they won't be poison pills uh, because we want this process to move forward. We think that it's important that the House take action and pass a farm bill. Um, and uh, the Senate, uh, obviously, is talking about doing the same, uh, perhaps being releasing the dates for their markup uh, later this uh, later n this week or next. And, and uh, hopefully we will see some Senate action coming up in June. I want to also ask you about the House Appropriations Committee this week advancing their 2019 Agriculture FDA spending bill that advanced in a 31 to 20 vote. Uh, they had some... Um, interesting things in there the bill offers 145.1 billion in both discretionary and mandatory funding that's about 922 million below the fiscal year 2018 level uh, any thoughts on that uh, uh, are you concerned about the amount there well we haven't put the administration hasn't put together a statement of administration policy on the appropriations bill yet but um, you know, overall, it is similar in a lot of the numbers to what uh, Congress has provided in the past. Um, and uh, again, you know, we, again, it's Congress that provides those funding levels. We at the department are going to be responsible for implementing those programs. And we think that there's robust funding to be able, help us to do our job to protect the nation's food supply, to implement conservation programs. Uh, for the school lunch program and, and uh, whatever is needed. The legislation in the House would provide more than $3 billion for rural development programs and to help expand high-speed Internet in rural areas. That would receive $620 million. Uh, I know this is an area of priority for USDA, right, uh, This uh, uh, the broadband uh, availability throughout rural America? It certainly is. Uh, we have talked about, Secretary Purdue has talked about, and the President has talked about closing that digital divide that exists between rural America and urban America. And uh, we're very pleased that Congress is, uh, is recognizing that, is taking action. Uh, we've been working from the administration with uh, appropriators and, and others to make sure that that is recognized, making sure that we're working within the administration, the Federal Communications Commission as well. Uh, we're busy right now standing up uh, just in March. Congress provided us around $600 million in new funding for uh, broadband, and so we're busily standing up that program and want to leverage that so we can have about a billion dollars available to try to bring uh, broadband to more, more sections of rural America. Steve, finally, we hear a lot about uh, what's going on at EPA and with Administrator Pruitt. We've heard him say that he works uh, with Secretary Purdue. What is the relationship between the two agencies, especially on issues like RFS and Waters of the U.S.? Um, overall, there's been good relationships. Uh, obviously, we work with EPA through the interagency process, and uh, whether it's working on the Waters of the U.S., been a great relationship working uh, on uh, other issues, on making sure that we are using science as we evaluate crop protection tools, uh, a lot of alignment there. Uh, you know, on the renewable fuel standard, we've had a, a bit of a difference between on our philosophies there. Uh, obviously, we view from the Department of Agriculture and Secretary Purdue how, knows how important the renewable fuel standard is as a source of demand uh, for uh, farmers and ranchers and farmers in, in 
providing biofuels uh, and that we need that. And we don't want any action to be undertaken uh, that would undermine that. And the president has been pretty clear as well that he wants to make sure that we have a, a strong renewable fuel standard. So um, we've been working with EPA. They have uh, uh, given out uh, more exemptions from the small, from the, for small refineries from the renewable fuel standard than we would like, uh, but we're continuing to work with them to move forward and, and again, reminding about, about the president's uh, support for a strong RFS. Steve, good to talk with you again. Thank you for your time. All right. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Steve Sinsky, Deputy Secretary at USDA. So a big day coming tomorrow on the Farm Bill. After amendments today, we'll be telling you and talking to you more about it tomorrow. Join us on AOA.